just to get down I don't know if I can get them, but I got them right The developing stars, whoa Wrecked by the stars, though But they know just who they are The knowledge is deep, man Cause college is bleak, man Knees are the bees, man Deffy happy hour now I trust them with everything Every confidence giving me confidence Hipping this hopping, no really no stopping I'll make you a champion, y'all put a sock in it uh, But this is life, bro They're at it all night, though So you can just drive slow And get down with the Deffy crew Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening, wherever you are listening, this is episode 68 of the Devi Happy Hour. It is Friday, March 12th. My name is Skip Newton, coming to you from Egan, Minnesota, as always. Unfortunately for you guys, no Brian Chacochis, no Matthew Jackson, both of my co-hosts are unable to join me tonight, but have no fear, listeners. There is a lot of great Devi and Campus to Canton people out there to follow. Some great minds, Ray Garvin, Matt Hicks, Kane Fussell, Nick Whalen, Jared Matt Waggerly, one of my favorites, the diva of Debbie, Katie Flower. But I've got a special guest that, for some reason, it feels like in the circle of Debbie and Campus to Canton isn't as wildly followed, but should be, because he is one of my favorite podcast hosts. He's one of my favorite writers, and I just love listening to everything that he puts out there. I love talking to him on Twitter. Uh, great Twitter friend of mine now. We've been knowing each other for about a year. Felix Sharp the second. How are you doing, Felix? It's great to have you here. You threw in the second out there. My mom will appreciate that. Um, Skip, I'm just glad to talk to you, man. You know, it's just fun to be here with you. Twitter followers aside, man, I, I, I respect you and your work. I'm mad I can't, can't get to talk to Shaq and, and Matt today. Shaq, you know, being the godfather of Campus to Canton, I always love when you three can be on the show together. I've got some uh, some big shoes to fill being on the show here today. I'm going to try to do my best. No, man, it, it is awesome. I'm so glad that you were able to, to join me tonight. You know, let's talk a little bit about what you've got going. I know... You know, the Debbie Debate podcast is is one of my favorites. You know, any of you people out there listening, if if you haven't checked that out yet, you you really do need to listen to these guys. It, it's an awesome format. It, it's I love the the banter, the discussion, the the arguing, the Matt Bruning and his Ohio State. You know, every player from Ohio State is the best. You know, it, it's I love that the the interview you guys did recently. I want you to talk a little bit about that. I heard that today it was outstanding, but. But then the new website, campustocanton.com. Tell me about these things that you've got going on. We are doing a lot. We've been kind of putting our foot to the gas since November. I believe that's when we started the Debbie debate. Uh, it's myself. I'm born and raised in Michigan. I didn't go to University of Michigan. I was actually accepted to the University of Michigan. I went to Grand Valley State University. But I went to football camp at the University of Michigan all four years in high school. You know, I've met Charles Woodson. I have his autograph. I mean, he was my hero growing up in that 1998 uh, championship team. So I am. I consider myself to be an honorary 
Wolverine, and of course Matt Bruning is a uh, is an Ohio State Sockeye. So um, <laughs> so we go we go we go head to head. Big things on Debbie debate. We just interviewed five star quarterback Kyle McCord, uh, who's who is competing for the freshman job or excuse me, competing for the starting job there for the Ohio State Buckeyes. So that was a really um, fun experience, you know, just getting to talk to him. It was actually his dad uh, watches the show, just so happens. And so anytime we would say something about uh, Kyle McCord, he would always DM us. So we were like, eventually we were like, all right, we, we need we need the kid on the show. And the kid said, yeah. So we so check that out on the Debbie Debate, wherever you get your podcast campusdecant.com is the website we just started on may or excuse me march 1st is when we launched and it's been really well received we probably have the deepest rankings out there i mean you have to have deep rankings for campus to can formats because you know players like dante wright and jake hayner and cole turner and, and those t- those players matter in campus to canton uh since your college team be- is the pipeline to your nfl team so CanvasCan.com, it's doing doing really well. I love to write also. Um, I've got a, a, a profiles on Tamari Ontario and Chris Smith of the University of Louisiana Lafayette. Um, I've got an article up there on, on um, uh, uh, the quarterback values according to our March ADP. So, you know, it's allowing me to do something that I really, really love to do, which is uh, out of pod- podcasting, you know, Twitter, all this stuff. My favorite thing to do is write. And I just I love the website because I can write whatever it, it is that I want to and and just put it out there. Who cares if anybody reads it? But um, so that's that's what I'm doing, Skip. I, I love it all. I was checking out the, the quarterback value article that you had out there on the website today. It was really good stuff. And. You know, you talked about how no one out there has rankings as deep for ADP like you have. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that is 100% correct because, you know, we met, it was, you know, roughly a year ago, maybe a little less when, of course, you know, Brian Shikosha Shack put together the Campus to Canton League. And he's telling me about this league. He's like, Skip, you, you got to do it. You'll love it. I know you're into Devi, but it's so much better because, you know, you can have you know, all these players on your college roster and it's actually another league and you're, you know, they actually score points. So you don't have to wait for them for years to get onto your NFL team. You know, you can, you can, you can play them. And in that way, even if they, even if they bust out in the NFL, at least you got the, the college side. And I was like, you know what? I, I feel like I might be a little in over my head on this, but I'm going to look at this as, a learning opportunity, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into this, and it's gonna force me to go deeper into college and really learn. You know, those guys that that you were talking about, and we're gonna get to a couple of them later when we get into, you know, kind of the main topic. And then I get into the league, and I'm looking around. <clears throat> excuse me. And it's you know some of the names I just mentioned. I mean, besides Shaq, it's Ray Garvin, Matt Hicks, Kane Fassell, Nick Whalen, Jared Wackerly. I'm like what have I gotten myself into? These are, these are sharks, you know, and, and, and you were a name I wasn't familiar with. And then, you know, and you realizing after the fact, okay, this is just the really smart guy that keeps to himself, doesn't say anything, not as well known, but he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm I, I was, 
glad to be a part of that group. And quite frankly, that was the first real Debbie league that I had been to and been, been in. It was a full campus to Canton league. But the thing that I love about college football and, and campus to Canton is that in college, the storyline is always regenerating. Every three years, you know, you have old characters dying off in the form of going to the NFL and you have new characters being born in the form of the freshman class coming in. And um, in the in the NFL is great. I love the NFL, but, you know, we're going to be stuck with Patrick Mahomes for like the next 15 years. He's going to be right there at the top of the class right right there at the top every single season. Whereas, uh, you know, in college football, there's always something new. There's always something to dive into. And the one thing that I have always loved is those finds. You know, I've always loved the the unsung hero. I was really you know, – Scotty Miller was a, a player that I highly touted. Um, Chris Carson back in the day was a player. Like, you got to follow this kid, Chris Carson. Uh, Austin, the current class, Austin Watkins and Warren Jackson, one of our, on one of our favorites uh, together. Those are the stories that I really like to follow. And in campus to Canton format specifically – those names matter a little, a little bit more than in, in traditional Debbie leagues um, because they score points for you on the college side of your league. So um, it had been a while, really, since I was in high school um, and and looking at those the players that I was recruit, uh, uh, competing against as far as recruiting and stuff. It, it had been that long since I was really um, into college football, and Shaq bringing me back uh, into the league just got me – right back where I love to be. So um, I'm really appreciative appreciative of, of the godfather of, of Campus to Canton um, inviting me there. Because quite frankly, I might not be where I am right now. Now that I think about it, if I had not been invited to, into that league and just re- – that was kind of the start of me getting back into the college side of things. It had always been into the NFL draft. It had always been into um, the these deeper unsung players. But um, – now just taking it to a whole new level, a whole new level with with campus to Canton and trying to find the value in you know hot 130 plus teams in the NCAA. So, yeah, absolutely. And I remember you know when I was doing that draft, the startup, and you know, he's talking like 45 rounds, and I'm you know I'm doing the math. I'm like, uh, that's 900 players. Uh, I can't find a list past 150. I mean, how am I going to do this? And it, it was a challenge. You know, it was a lot of you know on the spot, quick research and try to make a pick. And if you find someone that looks, you know, once you get down there past around 15, you're kind of on your own. And and I think you know, circling back to this campus to Canton.com site that you guys have. I mean, if you're playing in a campus to Canton league, I don't know how you can can do that and not have this as a resource. I mean, and it's not like it's just for campus to Canton, right? I mean, if you're in a Debbie league, hey, it works great too. I mean, it's not like you ignore the, the top guys. So. Um, highly recommend that. I jumped on it right away, and I'm, you know, I'm between that and the Devi dashboard. It's like, oh, I've got my resources. I, I love these, so I'm loving that. Uh, let's get into, you know, just a little bit of news. The Les Miles, um, he's out as head coach of Kansas. Uh, kind of a ugly situation there. You know, obviously glad that maybe they're resetting things and, and getting back to a, a better, better environment, if you will. Uh, what are your thoughts, you know, from a a football standpoint on, on Les leaving Kansas. Well, uh, we had Kyle Francis of the Debbie Watch on the Debbie Debate last week, and so we talked about the impact of uh, Les Miles leaving Kansas on Devin Neal, which is probably one of the, you know, is a name out there in both Debbie and campus to get in cir- circles as far as a, um, 
fl- kind of flying under the radar running back prospect who's very versatile, uh, all-purpose back, but um, he won't be flying on under the radar very, very much longer. Um, the, the concern was that you know Kansas could could switch into some sort of a triple option team, right? I mean, there's not a lot of talent there, and why not? Why, why not tr- try it if you're Kansas? But they let go of Les Miles. Emmett Jones is the named intern, interim head coach. He was the wide receiver coach there. He was previously the wide receiver coach for Texas Tech under Cliff Kingsbury. He was uh, the head coach at a, a, um, a Texas high school power, so you have to believe that that's going to have an impact in recruiting given his natural connections to that state, and it's always good if you've got connections in Texas. So. Good to have a connection down there. Yeah. So, I mean, Kansas is still a bottom feeder, but um, there, I think that there's some hope there uh, given their, their new appointment of Emmett Jones. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, seriously, I think that the only relevant name there right now for Campus to Canton in Debbie formats is, is Devin Neal, who is an exciting player that we should pay attention to. Yeah, he was, he was one of the guys that really – you know, popped out in my kind of first look as I was looking at the incoming freshman class. And I got a lot more research to do. I'm kind of basing it on when do I have to start getting ready for these, you know, for all the, the drafts coming up. But, yeah, you know, I watched some of his tape. I was like, ooh, I like what I see here. And managed to get him in, in one league where we, we do the recruiting in the program, which I believe you joined, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, yes, recently I have. So I did, I did get him. You know, lost out in a lot of the other big names, but at least I got that one. So I'm pretty happy about that. So I was Alfred Fernandez, uh, uh, one of my partners. He he's the one who kind of turned me on to Devin Neal. So uh, and yeah, Alfred is uh, one of one of my partners at Campus to Canton. And, so. and there's another great name for people out there. I mean, I couldn't name all the the awesome you know Debbie and C to C names. You know, it would I could have spent <laughs> ten minutes just running through names, but Alfred's fantastic. Yeah, I love love his work as well. Um, some questions for you i'd love to talk you know kind of basic strategy and i think the the listeners right now could really benefit from that because you know like i talked to you really quick you know before we started recording you know i just finished a a campus to canton startup on the nfl side so i've got the college one coming up probably in april i've got a devi draft going right now as we speak i've got an auction for devi players in in another league so now's the the kind of hot time for Debbie. And I, I know a lot of leagues like to get Debbie done before, you know, the NFL draft because they want to then be able to focus on the rookies, you know, in May. So kind of thinking about that strategy, do you have a general idea on roster construction for Debbie? You know, do you, do you base, you know, on base your picks on like positional need? Do you go just straight talent? Do you just pick the guy that you think whose value is going to be, you know, on the way up? How do you, you know, how do you, go about that when you're doing a Debbie draft I think I have two rules one is that um, I, I take the players that I love okay because there's nothing better in 
fantasy football, but then not just winning, but winning with the players that you love. Second, I need quarterbacks. You never want to be left holding the bag, especially at all the leagues now are super flex, and some are even moving to triple flex, at least on uh, in the college side of campus to Canton League. So I never want to be left holding the bag at the quarterback position. Um, but, man, I don't worry about rankings or value or, you know, I get the players that I like. There's um, – there's this battle about film and versus analytics and and quote t- tweeting and dunking on people <laughs> on Twitter about takes, but we've forgotten that fantasy football is supposed to be fun. So get the players that you like and don't worry about anything else. You know, I mean, I I got I got laughed at a little bit uh, in in our uh, uh, the Survivors League for very early on. I traded. Um, Travis Kelsey, team not going well. I traded Travis Kelsey for a quarterback named Zach Wilson, you know, and I think that that's going to help me later on. I love Zach Wilson, player that I love, um, and at the time it didn't look that sm- like that smart of a move, but I was left holding the bag at quarterback, yep, yep. <laughs> so I needed to make a change. <laughs> I left, made, I left, I, I had to make a change there, and abiding by the first two rules, get players that you like. And don't and 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 get quarterback. So I made the the made the trade for Zach Wilson. But that's it, man. It's, it's just have fun. Get the players that you like. Man, I I love that that idea. I I can you know I think about. It. I've been playing you know fantasy football since you know the mid '90s, and one of the most fun players that I've ever had on my team was Randy Moss, and it wasn't just because he was so unbelievably fun to watch and and every time a vikings quarterback dropped back and started to to you know crank it up to fire a deep ball you know i'd immediately stand up if if i was sitting down watching the game because you knew it was going to randy moss but it was you know that added bonus of oh and he's on my fantasy team so it's it's doing well for me there too you know i'm having the double whammy because i'm a vikings fan but it it is it's more it's more fun to, to have guys on your roster that you enjoy watching. I mean, you know, people ask me today, who's your, who's your favorite player? And, and a couple of years ago, the answer was Stefan Diggs. And he, again, Vikings wide receiver. I just love Diggs. And then he you know, kind of forced himself out and that, that hurt a little bit. He's still a great player to watch, but I started saying last year, my, my favorite player in the league is Pat Mahomes. I mean, just watching him play the game is so entertaining and, yeah, I've got him on a couple leagues, but now I want him in more just for that aspect because you never know what he's going to do. And so I, I really – that resonated with me when you said that, you know, get the players you like. I think that's a great a great uh, strategy. And, you know, the quarterback recommendation and, and skip if, is, is huge. Just a very quick aside. Just a quick, a quick aside. You know, I grew up a Detroit Lions fan, and I cannot tell you how many games I went to in that early, you know, 1998-1999 season – well, it had to be two or three where Randy Moss would just torch our secondary, specifically Brian Westbrook, former cornerback from Texas, who is our first-round draft pick, who like led the league in, pa- in pass interference penalties. But Randy Moss would come to Detroit and absolutely torch our team. And I, we sat, we had season tickets, and we sat on the visitor's sideline. So I can remember games where Randy Moss was standing, you know, like just fifty yards in front of me. And it was a double. It was it was a um, a conflict because he was my favorite player growing up. You know, I played wide receiver. I wore eighty four for two people: Herman Moore and Randy Moss. Oh, I love and uh, 
Yes, and uh, and he just you know he would always he would always go off against the Lions. So I just I, I had to throw that in there. It, well, and it's it's funny that you say that because one of my favorite players growing up was of course Detroit Lions Barry Sanders, who you know obviously I watched you know completely dismantle the Vikings on on several occasions. There was one game in the Metrodome in particular that I was at, and he was just you know, running pretty much at will. And I'm pretty sure he had like 220 yards by the end of the third quarter and the game was, you know, (laughs) over. And so they took him out of the game and Vikings fans booed. We're like, okay, no, Mm. put him back in the game. We at least want to watch this. You know, they, they know what the record was. So that was, that was unfortunate there that, that, that he didn't get to keep going, but that, you know, it doesn't surprise me given the, the player that he was. And, and another little side story on that, I went to the University of Minnesota in one, one spring, it was May, I, I go to the, the rec center to play basketball, you know, just pick up basketball, and Barry Sanders was there playing basketball. He, he was there with Mercury Hayes, who was a University of Michigan wide receiver, who apparently had a brother that went to the University of Minnesota. And so they were there playing basketball and their team won. And I was in the team that was coming in to, you know, to play the next game. And, you know, what happens at the start of this pickup basketball game is everybody kind of goes and stands, you know, you kind of pair off who you're guarding. And there was this hesitation because nobody was walking over next to Barry Sanders. And I immediately thought, oh, I'm getting a story <laughs> out of this. I walked right over and it's like, yeah, I got this guy. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to cover him. <laughs> But I'm going to at least be able to tell the story for the rest of my life. I played pickup basketball and guarded Barry Sanders. And, you know, really, really cool guy. I mean, he, you know, he, he didn't try to, to show off at all. And I was I was obviously giving him a lot of space. It's like, no, dude, you want to shoot three-pointers, that's fine. I'm going to try to not let you just go right by me. And end of the game, you know, we're shaking hands. And I said, hey, I, I just got to tell you, I, I'm a Vikings fan, but, man, do I love watching you play. And... You know, he, he immediately says, oh, thank you. He goes, but they, they usually do a pretty good job against me. So he was humble. I'm like, man, that's that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and by the end of our game, the crowd had gathered. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden people started, yeah. you know, yeah. the word had spread. Barry Sanders was playing basketball here. So that was that was fun. I have not heard – I listen to this show all the time, and I have not heard you tell that story. So I'm glad I said what I said about Randy Moss so that we could get that. Yeah, I think huh. I think I mentioned it, like, really long it's like one of my first episodes with with mad shack but it, it has been a while but yeah that is my my claim to fame my f- most famous run-in with a with an athlete um you know getting back to the the strategy and stuff i'm assuming that you know i asked you specifically about debbie i assuming with c to c your, your strategy is the same you know get get the guys you want get the guys that you you like to you like to root for that kind of thing yeah, it is the same. You just have to like more players. And so, you know, I it's no seriously, um it just makes it so much more um what's the word? fulfilling when I, you know, staying up and watching tape on players because now I have rankings and I have like a responsibility and I find a player that I really like. I mean, in the last uh, month or so, two of those players have been Jay Kaner, the quarterback from Fresno State that I mentioned, but then Troy O'Meary from Texas, who was a, the 103rd ranked uh, wide receiver in the 2020 class, uh, early declare. Could have. They said that he was going to take the Xbox 
Xbot from Brennan Eagles there last year gets injured, tears his ACL. But I mean, he's a six foot four, two hundred and thirty pound, just like athlete. And I'm like, how the heck is this guy the hundred and third uh, ranked player at Texas? But no, the strategy is the same. The strategy is the same. You just have to find more players that you like. And I just love dig. Like I just love digging for these guys. I love turning the tape on. Like one of my favorite things is being on Twitter and seeing a name that I've never heard before. And given the college landscape, there's a lot of those players. But then I really get excited when I can turn it on and say, whoa, 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 there's something here. There's something here, and that's just the that's just the greatest thing about campus to Canton. The fact that I get to do that with so many more. Yeah, I'm, and I'm I'm the same way. And that's it's funny that you said that because you know I, one of the reasons why I, I ran through some of those names when I was introducing you is to let people know you know you you want to be sure you're listening to to multiple sources because you know we're all looking at different things, we're all picking out different different you know traits and aspects of a player that we like or you get guys that are, you know, mentioning players. You're like, oh, wait a minute. I haven't looked into that player yet. You know, I'm going to jot that name down and, and do a little research, you know, when I'm at my computer next and see, you know, what do I see? And that's, I love that. And I rely on, you know, other people to to help me, you know, ex- continue to expand my knowledge of these players. So that's, that's a great point. Um, one of my strategies that I've kind of decided with a couple of these startups is, I, I'm a big fan of of relying on kind of like positional hit rates. You know, Katie Flower talks about this a lot, and I, I think she brings up a lot of good points. And it, it's really just math. And, you know, we don't need to get into major analytics, but, you know, running backs hit at a better rate than than wide receivers, than quarterbacks, and then last or tight ends, who we're going to talk, talk about tonight mostly. And so – I kind of came up with the idea, all right, if I'm doing a startup and we always do the NFL side first, if I can make sure that I feel really good about my quarterbacks and my tight end, it, especially if it's a if it's a tight end premium league. If it's not a tight end premium league, then I'm, I'm going to be less focused on that. But like you said earlier, quarterbacks for sure. You, you don't want to be left you know, holding the bag because, man, when you when you finish a season and you realize, man, I, I missed on quarterbacks, I'm in trouble. <laughs> that gets really hard to, to – to make up for it and and so if i can i'd like to say all right i'm going to solidify my quarterbacks and my tight end on my nfl side for sure knowing that i think i can do a good job in my debbie drafts and my campus to canton side to to fill in the running backs and wide receivers better than i would be able to to you know to try and like this year if i'm going to look at all these freshman quarterbacks like well there's a lot to like but you know the hit rate isn't as good how do you know which one's gonna gonna be the guy you've got you know like your guy you know mccord at ohio state that you interviewed well he's walking into a a a great program but he's also not even guaranteed a job and and that can be a a tough thing to to try to weed out as a as a devy or c2c manager so that that's kind of the one one of the things i do but it leads me to this question which is going to transition right into our topic Skip, before you get before you get into that question, I did want to just highlight one thing Um, on the campus to Canton side. um, You know, I have found it uh, like punting at a position on the NFL side so that you like you said, you said it, um, but punting on a position on the NFL side for a year so that you can fill it with um, 
premium prospects from the college side could really make you a dominant team. I'm trying to look at um, this team that I put together. See if I can pull it up here. Um, but I basically punted at quarterback on the NFL side. I mean, I didn't draft like I draft like my first drafted quarterback was like Alex Smith, and Alex Smith didn't even what well, he wasn't even playing last year. <laughs> my running backs are De- are DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, um, and J.K. Dobbins. My wide receivers are D.K. Metcalf. Uh, Marquise Brown, uh, Chase Claypool, and um, so a lot of young uh, talent. Brian right Edwards, a lot, of young a lot of young talent. Did I did not have a quarterback on my college side? I had Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and because my team was so bad on the NFL side, I got the number one pick. That's Trey Lance. So next season, I'm going to have Wilson, Lance, and Fields. You know, added to that core of running backs and Oof. and. Nice. DK Metcalf, so you know we'll see how it turns out, but it's just that's just an example of punting at one position, specifically in campus. Yeah, and the, and the beauty of there is that you really don't need all three of those guys to hit. You just need two to be starters, and they're you know given the nature I think of their games, especially Lance and especially Fields, you know because I think they they have more rushing upside. They're going to score fantasy points. I mean you're going to be in, you're going to be in great shape if, if those guys are just get jobs and can hold on to them. Yeah, I had, a, I had a startup where I had, like, the second pick, so I took Josh Allen. I really like Josh Allen's game, and I think it just the trajectory his career is on is, is one that I liked, although it was tough. You know, there's other really good quarterbacks, Sean Watson, Kyler Murray. But my second quarterback I waited on, and I ended up getting Trey Lance. And, you know, I thought, okay, that's a little more of a you know high-risk, high-reward. So I, I grabbed, like, Ryan Tannehill, you know, later on to say, okay, let me just get a solid – number two guy that so now I'm, i feel okay on the nfl side so now when the when the campus side starts all right if, if i can you know get some of these later quarterbacks that aren't the, the hot prospects as i knew my pick wasn't until 110 anyway so i'm you know i'm not getting any of the top guys i'll, I'll still be okay i can focus on other positions and still get good quarterbacks you know later on at least at least that's my my theory for now we'll see how that changes <laughs> all right so the thoughts on on you know positional drafting and things like that got me to thinking you know how early do you like to start taking tight ends you know we've got people out there Kane Fassell is the infamous one don't ever take a tight end in Debbie he never takes one um, obviously if you're in a campus can it's a different story but you know if you're in a two tight end league or a tight end premium league when do you start looking at the tight end position? Do you try to get that top guy, or are you comfortable relying on your, you know, depth of knowledge to maybe get a, a diamond in the rough later? I am actually confident in my depth of knowledge to get a diamond in the rough. Um, just for the 2021 class, um, one of my favorite players is Tommy Tremble. Go even deeper than that. It's uh, Zach Davidson, the tight end out of Central Missouri, who didn't play who didn't play this past year. Very athletic kid. But in Debbie, like there's an added risk, right? I mean, these players, their career trajectory can get derailed by absolutely anything. We've seen examples recently with not tight end, but at, with Journey Brown at, at at running back. I mean, he was my number one running back in this class, and he goes out with a heart condition. You've got Eric Gilbert who was the number one tight end in 24-7 history, rankings history, he, he it looks like he's going to finish his career at in JUCO because of grades. And um, uh, thinking of another player, B- Baylor Cup at Texas A&M, very highly rated four-star prospect at tight end for, like, injury. So there's an added risk 
there is an added risk in Debbie specifically. At the, I would agree with Kane. There's an added risk at tight end. One, one because you, uh, baked into the, the 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 that position takes a long time to develop. Um, but even though it does, those players have long careers after they do after they do hit. But then there's another risk again in Debbie because what level of talent is jumping from the NCAA to the NFL. You know, not all of these positions are create are created equal. Um, I think that the quarterback pipeline in the NCAA is really strong. I think that portions of the running back class are really strong. Portions of the wide receiver class are really strong. But the the tight ends that become tight end ones and that make a difference for your fantasy team those players are so rare. I mean, think about Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, uh, Darren Waller, Rob Gronkowski. These are all like top, top tier athletes at the position. You can't, it's not like, I think it's rarer that you see the Kareem Hunt level prospect, if that makes any sense, become an elite option at the tight end position in fantasy. So it's, I, I'm going to draft my guys, no matter if it's a tight end or or not. But it seems like they're like I don't have that the the players that I really love at that position as I do in others. So I'm okay waiting. I'm quietly, quite frankly, I'm okay waiting. Yeah, I, I think that's great advice. You know, you you mentioned Eric Gilbert. That's the the first guy I would love to talk about. You know, he's he's got problems. He he transferred, and now he's back in the transfer portal because he left Florida, and you know. What do you do with Eric Gilbert? I mean, like you said, I mean, five-star, highest-rated you know player, especially tight end, phenomenal athlete. I mean, this guy is you know was on his way to be you know the next you know Pitts. I mean, do you are you are you scared off of him now? Are you too worried about you know all these other things that could keep him you know from realizing all his potential, or are you still gonna you know have your Keep your faith in the guy and think, yep, this, the guy is just too talented to, to let go this early in his in his life. Well, I mean, he was a highly guarded, regarded recruit, higher than Greg Olson, higher than Martellus Bennett, higher than O.J. Howard. And then this season, he actually met those expectations. 35 receptions, 368 yards, two touchdowns. Better freshman season than O.J. Howard, Robin Gronkowski, Evan Ingram, Travis Kelsey. That was in an eight-game season. A a COVID truncated eight game season had a better uh, <clears throat> freshman season than, than all of those guys, but it looks like he's going to finish his career in the JUCO ranks. Does that scare me off of him? Yes, at his current price, it absolutely does. I mean, there's no way that I'm. T- I mean, you have to take Eric Gilbert at least as of March. You had to take him in the first f- five rounds or so uh, uh, if you wanted to get him. Uh, I'm I'm okay. Given that there are there is at least one, there is at least one other player that I would rather have than Eric Gilbert right now. Now, him going to the JUCO ranks, I don't know that I would expect him to dominate there. We just need to have him three years removed from uh, high school to make it to the NFL. So whether that's at LSU or Alabama State, doesn't matter to me. Um, and we've seen we've seen this something similar before. I remember Isaiah Crowell. Uh, had that tremendous freshman season for Georgia, for Georgia, and then left. And I, I think he actually went to Alabama <laughs> State. That's why I thought it was uh, why I went to the school. And then um, um, still had a productive NFL career. Now we're projecting 
Eric Gilbert to be a, you know, well, he was projected to be a first-round draft pick. But to, but to answer the question, you know, you can't, you cannot take him at his current price. You can't take him at his current price. If you have him, you hold yes. him, and you hope that he rebound. You, yeah, you rebound, but you can't, you can't get off the train right now. And, that, and that's exactly, um, exactly what I was going to say is if for those of you out there that have already drafted him, do not sell because you are going to lose value. You, you have to hold on and just let it play out. Be patient. You know, dynasty, dynasty owners tend to be a little less patient than they should be. You know, and it seems like that's more and more the case now. Debbie owners need to be more patient and campus to Canton owners need to really be patient. <laughs> so yeah, let it, let it sit. It'll be okay. He's not, not dead yet. He's, you know, he's not journey Brown. Like you mentioned, you know, his name literally comes up every time we have a podcast, but you know, cry a little bit every time, but you know, he's not out of the game. So there's still a, a decent chance this guy can, can realize that potential. You know, the next guy is another highly regarded guy from the same class, Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, another five star. He he looked, you know, every bit the part in his freshman season. I thought, uh, you know, just seemed to be a natural at the position. Like like man, he just does what you would expect a a tight end to do. You, you know, he can block. He he's athletic enough to get open. He's got decent speed. You know, he, he can win some some fifty fifty balls. Really good hands. You know, kind of just the, the full package. What what do you see in in the Fighting Irish tight end, the freshman phenom? Michael Mayer from Covington Catholic, right up the road from me. I'm here in Louisville, Kentucky. He's right up the road in, in Covington, right outside of Cincinnati, about an hour and a half away. Um, listen, Eric Gilbert would have had the best freshman season of all those players I named. So O.J. Howard, Robert Gronkowski, Evan Ingram, Travis Kelsey, name any of them. Eric Gilbert would have had the best freshman season of all those guys, if not for Michael Mayer. <laughs> if not for Michael Mayer, who put like it puts him in a class of his own. Listen, Eric Gilbert is a great athlete at 215 pounds. Michael Mayer might be 270 pounds. I mean, you're talking about a, a, a three-four defensive end size and is an absolute freight train. I mean. His, he should be nicknamed Inertia because that dude can move. Um, he is a, he's a massive force. We had uh, Alan True of 24-7 Sports on the show two weeks ago with Katie that Flower. That was awesome. Yeah, by Jen. Yeah, and, and he said nobody would have a problem with ranking Michael Mayer as the number one tight end in the country. And, you know – we get a lot of peer pressure to like rank like well 24/7 sports has him as the highest rated tight end. No, it's time to rank Michael Mayer number 1 because he's just as athletic as Eric Gilbert uh is. He's he's in a more stable position and he was more productive as a freshman. I mean, check 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 check. Michael Mayer has, has to be the number 1 tight end in this class now. Um he is going to be a beast. He's going to walk uh, he's going to get drafted in the first or second round, and he's going to be a tight end one in Dynasty immediately. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And it, the, the timing, too, for him is going to be nice because, you know, some of these these other tight ends, you know, I'm assuming eventually Gronkowski is going to retire and stay retired. You know, he's not he's not Tom Brady. He's not going to play till he's, you know, in his 50s or whatever Brady's got planned. But, you know, Kelsey is still, you know, he's, what, 31, I think, you know, I, I think he's got at least another three, four elite seasons. I mean, I, I 
tight ends can play longer, but I just, you know, I feel like like the next wave, and we, we talk about this every year with tight ends, it seems like, you know, all these guys that, were, that are promising and then maybe they, they don't reach the potential as quickly as we want to, but it's like, man, some of these guys that, that you love, like Gasicki, you know, he's, he's only 25 or whatever. I mean, it's like, hey, some of these guys don't hit till 27. I mean, you just got to you gotta wait. But I, I love Michael Mayer. I don't have him in any league yet, and I'm, I'm hoping I can remedy that this, this year. I got to I gotta get him in one because he is, he is fun to watch, and he's a good player, like you said. Next guy to talk about, uh, Jalen Weidermeyer, Texas A&M. I really like again the the production of this kid you know he's 2022 so he'll be eligible a little bit sooner mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on on Weidermeyer he's had a, a good freshman season 447 yards six touchdowns and then followed up with even better second year you know 46 catches 506 yards six touchdowns in in fewer games so really looking looking the part there with the Aggies that second season um I mean, I was just doing some research for for the show. That second season is like way up there statistically. As a matter of fact, I couldn't find someone that was higher. Uh, And you got to remember, I mean, for the folks listening, tight ends don't have, you know, 1,000-yard seasons. 500 yards is a ton. It's a ton for a sophomore tight end. 6'4", 226 pounds as a recruit. Um, Because of the injury to Baylor Cup, who I mentioned earlier, he ended up starting as a freshman. That led to his 18.8 breakout age now he's now list out he's closer to 250 pounds now so he meets that weight threshold the question that i have with jalen weidermeyer is his athleticism i couldn't find i went to espn recruiting i went to 24 7 couldn't find anything so i went to the debbie watch the 2021 debbie watch and they didn't have any uh, verified athletic measurables for him either remember i said earlier on on um that is a position where, you know, like it's the elite athletes that end up making a difference at that position. Because, I mean, who was the tight end 12 last year? Like, I don't know that um, uh, Logan T- Thomas is making that much of a difference for your fantasy teams. You need to have a Darren Waller, a George Kittle, you know, a Kyle Pitts, an elite player to make a, diff- a difference. And I question whether or not Jalen Watermeyer, despite his production, Despite his elite production, whether or not he is an elite athlete, and I just don't know the answer to that question. So it would be, I, I don't think that you know I can do 10, 13, 14 uh, campuses can't mock drafts. I'm probably never going to own Jalen Watermeyer because he's going to go higher than um, than I would like to take him. A, a lot of these tight ends that we're, we're talking about probably would. The only guy that I would be comfortable at reaching for is, is Michael Mayer right now. Uh, so that's that's Jalen Watermeyer. Um, has been very productive. Again, 18.8 breakout age. Great, great. Um, but I question I, – I, I, just, I just don't know the answer as to whether or not he's an elite athlete because we don't have any verified testing for him. Yeah, those are, those are great points. You know, it's you, – you'd like to see – some measurables on these kids coming out of high school and the production of course is outstanding so that that's you know checking a box there but but right you gotta know you know some other some other things to make that leap into the nfl the next guy on the list you know doesn't have the production profile partly because he's, he's playing at a school that is absurd with wide receivers in alabama and that's jaleel billingsley another 2022 draft eligible tight end 
Where do you have Billingsley on your list? He's he's up there on a lot of those lists, you know, probably because he's a four-star, because you can't go to Alabama and, and not be at least a four-star. But, boy, it makes me nervous that he doesn't get more more production. I, I, I'm, I don't have any Billingsley. I don't think I will in any leagues because I just – Man, I don't I don't trust the guy that, that you know can't get more than you know what he have eighteen catches last season. Well, he he's a he's a favorite of of friend of this show, friend of my show, friend of ours, Brandon Lejeune. But I gotta say, Brandon, I mean he's two hundred and thirty pounds. That just you know at tight end he doesn't quite meet the weight thresholds at least yet. And at six four two thirty, he's the same size as Traylon Burks, the the uh, Arkansas wide receiver. Um, I don't, I don't know what to do with him because he doesn't have the production, because he's undersized, because they got him returning kicks and stuff at Alabama. I'm like, how, like, what position does this dude play? I think I'd actually feel more comfortable if he was just a big wide receiver, you know. Yeah. But it seems like he's a Devin Funches type playing uh, tight end. So I don't know. I don't. I don't have four minutes on Jalil Billingsley. All I have is question marks. Now he's obviously athletic because you don't put guys in uh, to return kicks if they're not athletic. But he's undersized for the position. Inside that, you know, you have to be like two hundred and fifty pounds is like the threshold to be a tight end one um, at that position, or you're going to be a move tight end and not play on every down. So that's what we're looking at with Jalil Billingsley. Him him reaching the NFL and being a tweener. For they already, you already don't get a lot of pass volume at the tight end position, and then you're talking about him not playing every down because he's undersized. So hmm. that, yeah, you're right. That doesn't really add up to to a likely NFL fantasy football producing tight end. I mean, it, it just there's a lot of hurdles that he has to to cross more than I think your your normal one. The next guy, similar situation, right? He's he's at a college that has just a ridiculous amount of wide receiver talent. And I agree with, with you guys on Debbie debate. One of those guys has got to transfer at Ohio state. It's Jeremy Ruckert, like Billingsley does not have much from a production profile. However, he does have the, the size that we look for. And this guy, at least, at least for my benefit, when I watch him, I see some things that, that really look good i mean like okay yeah he's only got you know 14 catches one year 13 the next but man when he does catch the ball i at least really like what i see and, it, and i'm wondering okay is it just a matter of, of they just have too much wide receiver talent and their system doesn't generate action to the tight ends what do you think of jeremy Ruckett from ohio state he's in the class of 2018 um at 66 230 pounds uh, as a high school prospect, he ran a four seven six, which was one of the best times. As a matter of fact, it was the best time for that class. He had a uh, a shuttle of four four zero. Now, uh, elite times for the shuttle are, are like you know, you're talking about defensive backs running four uh, four twos in the shuttle. Um, he had a vertical jump of thirty five point one, the highest in that class, uh, and a spark overall spark rating of 114.27 the highest in the class so when we're talking about that now the thing is is people still are on to jeremy ruckert but if you want to get 
a player who you can take at value who has tremendous upside because he he has the requisite athleticism he has the size he has the speed he has all of that stuff he just didn't, doesn't have the production and part of that is because he split time with i can't even think who the other tight end uh, uh, at ohio state is right now but um um but he split time with that player which is fine i mean we've seen noah fan and um uh, how can I forget? T.J. Hawkinson split time at 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 Iowa State, and and you know, and tight end is is a is one of those positions where where you have like this elite or borderline elite athleticism. It doesn't really matter if you didn't pop uh, with production in college. You can do it at the NFL level. We've, uh, we've met George Kittle is an example of that. So I I like Jeremy Ruckert at his value. I like he ha- he he checks a lot of the boxes other than production. And I'm again, I'm not as worried about production at, uh, at tight end. I mentioned Tommy Tremble earlier. Tommy Tremble was behind, but he was behind both Michael Mayer and, um, oh, who's the Bears tight end who was at, who was, who was in at Notre Dame. I can't think of his name, but the audience. Or the old. Yes, Cole Komet. Yeah. He was, yes, no, Cole Komet. He was right in between those two, and he was always an elite blocker. So, like, they didn't, they didn't have, um, they didn't have uh, uh, Tommy Trumbull running routes and all that stuff. He can, but he doesn't have that elite production. But I'm still high on him because I can get him at a value and because he checks boxes for athleticism. And that's, I mean, the again, the, 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 the tight ends that end up mattering are rare athletes. Jeremy Ruckert is one of them. I, I agree. I, I, really like, I, I really like Ruckert just, you know, in, in a vacuum. But when you start adding in the, the value argument, like you're saying, that you know people aren't high on them because they're looking at the stats and they're like, oh, this guy's not doing anything. You know, you you gotta you gotta look past that and dig deeper. And like I said, when I watch him play, he just makes athletic plays. I'm like, man, this guy's good. And and I get why they're not throwing him the ball. I mean, they got a ridiculous amount of wide receivers, but yeah, I think he could really be a a sleeper. In, in leagues at tight end because nobody's nobody's paying attention because of the production. Skip, please keep that conversation about Rucker between you and I. I don't want anybody else knowing that I spoke so highly of an Ohio State I'm a Buckeye. Okay, so just just between you. Right, and I. right. It's it's really weird how someone else popped into the room and did a great Felix Sharp impersonation there and made their voice sound like yours when that wasn't really you. That was outstanding. <laughs> All right, next guy, Iowa State's Charlie Kohler. Uh, I like Charlie Kohler. He's got he's got the production that that you look for. I mean, he's very involved in the offense. Was you know a little surprised that he went back to school this year, you know, for one more season. But then again, it's a pretty deep, you know, top heavy tight end class. You know, going into the NFL, you know, the 2021 draft coming up. So maybe he felt all right if I go to next year, I got a better chance to stand out. But you know, 51 catches, almost 700 yards and seven touchdowns in 2019. And then coming back this year in two fewer games, 11 catches, almost 600 yards and seven touchdowns. So the, the guy produces and he is, you know, again, that production profile we look for. Where do you have Charlie Kohler in your rankings? I would have to, I would have to look at my rankings. Um, Charlie Kohler is a productive bit like tall, long, lanky tight end. I like him at his value. I don't think that he's exciting. I think that um, 
when you get to – I'm surprised as hell also that he didn't uh, come out in this tight end class. I thought that he was going to make the jump to the NFL. But, you know, 2022 isn't a super strong tight end class, so he could be, you know, the, the third or fourth tight end uh, taken in that class. And in, in dynasty leagues next year, in the third round, you're going to be able to get – uh, Charlie Kohler and he could have you know consecutive Scott Chandler type seasons where you look up and like dang it Scott Chandler is like you know scoring two <laughs> touchdowns in a game and 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 outscoring all these other guys that's a that's what I think Charlie Kohler is um, he's gonna be a red zone target he's, he, I wish I had his I don't have his size in, in front of me um, but but big big productive player I'm just surprised that uh, he didn't come out this year Yep, yep, I agree completely. Um, you know, we it's funny how it seems like we've got a couple different types of, of players we're talking about here. We've got the the really good athletes with the the production or with without the production profile that we want, and then we've got the guys that are producing but maybe not quite, you know, the athletic traits that we want. This next guy, you know, Penn State falling into that awesome, awesome athlete hasn't hasn't gotten any production yet but he was a, a freshman last year so that's fine you don't expect freshmen to produce theo johnson uh, a four-star athlete you know came in six five two thirty one you know i'm sure he's gonna put you know more more size onto that frame he's got a nice big athletic frame watching this kid's film i i liked a lot of what i saw i mean just you know i think the the phrase that kept coming to my mind was Boy, this this guy looks like a man amongst boys out there. I mean, he is just a massive human being, and he moves very fluidly for for his size. Where are you at with with Theo Johnson? So Theo Johnson, Windsor, Ontario. All right, so right across the river from Detroit, he can probably see um, the Renaissance Center from his high school's skyline. Right across the river. Um, came in you got 66241 i had 66240 now listed at 66254 so check check on boxes he's over the 250 pound threshold played primarily wide receiver in canada at at windsor i and they just kind of he would just kind of run down the field and say you all can't jump with me and so he would just catch the ball over him um played a little bit behind pat fire fire muth uh so at 66240 Ran a four four six three forty, ran a four six three forty yard dash. Okay, uh, four two eight shuttle, thirty five inch vertical. So he's got some explosiveness to him, also. Uh, and he was way he was he at that time. Uh, this is in two thousand nineteen. Uh, uh, two hundred and thirty one pounds. So again, I mean, think about. You know, I'm pretty. Uh, it's like famous now. Jamar Jefferson ran or Justin Jefferson, excuse me, ran a four seven eight a four seven eight coming out of. Uh, high school Saquon Barkley 466 coming out of high school Saquon Barkley was probably 190 pounds Justin Jefferson was probably like 180 pounds <laughs> this kid is 231 pounds running a and that was in high school running a 463 jumping 30 uh, 35.2 inches yeah um now here, here's the thing we got to talk about value at the tight end position people know about Theo Johnson, they know about the that Penn State developing these tight ends. So I would ha- he hasn't done anything yet. As athletic as he is, he hadn't he hadn't done anything yet. So he might be one of those players that you have to reach for 
and I'm just okay with letting somebody else reach for him. But that doesn't mean that I, you know, when I'm watching Penn State games, I'm like, all right, I want to see number 84, I think it is. I think it's number 84. I want to see what number 84 does in this game. So might be a player, like that's a name that's been out there. People are excited about him, waiting for him to come behind Pat Fryer Muth. So it might be a name where I'm like, all right, when I'm watching the Big Ten, I'll, I'll pay attention, but I might have to let somebody else draft him. It depends on where you can get him. It depends on where you can get him. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he, he has all those physical attributes that we, we love. And, you know, I think there's something to be said when, when these guys go to these colleges that seem to produce good tight ends. I mean, we, we've mentioned Iowa. We know Notre Dame might be one of the best. And, and Penn State, you know, with, with Fryermuth, there's a perfect explanation right there as to why he wouldn't you know, why he wouldn't be involved as a freshman. It's like, well, you got one of the best tight ends in the country ahead of you, and you can look at that and say, okay, he's just the next guy in line. Penn State's going to, gonna you know, slide him right into that Fryermuth role, and, and we're off and running. So I can see why people wouldn't let the, the lack of a, of a decent freshman production-wise season, you know, stand, you know, slow them down into drafting this kid, you know, early and, and reaching higher than, than you might want. And then, you know, the final guy that I had, and then we're going to get to some guys that, that you want to talk about. Again, another phenomenal athlete. In fact, you know, I think he was rated the number two overall athlete. And this is Georgia tight end Darnell Washington. I have him down as a verified, you know, four seven five, coming out of high school, ran an 11 3 4 100. And he's six seven and a half, two hundred 248 pounds. Six seven and a half, running a four seven five forty, and this this guy wouldn't have to run me down because I would fall into the fetal position in fear and just give up. Because holy cow, this what a what a mammoth human being and athlete. Where what do you do with the? Do you take a chance on Darnell Washington, given that athletic, you know, amazing ability he's got? Nope. And let me tell you why. (laughs) He is big enough that he could develop into like a left tackle. And that's just scary. Um, A couple of things. And I'm stealing this take from my Debbie Debate co-host, Austin Nace, uh, who's watched him. Austin says that given his size, he is not a physical player. You would think that someone like that would just throw their weight around. And he doesn't, as athletic as he is. Now, that doesn't mean that he won't grow into that. But as a high school prospect and uh, as a freshman, they just didn't really see it. All of that being said, he is a phenomenal ath- he's a phenomenal athlete, and I'm really high on the Georgia offense as a whole next year and the Georgia team as a whole next year. I think that they're going to be in the college football playoff. So you could have you know Darnell Washington falling into success, what, give, whatever his limitations are as a player. Um, but I, Austin is a, a, a guy that I trust his evaluation. And so I'll just say, if Austin says that that's true, I'm going to believe that that's true. But look at it. I mean, I, I just went, I wanted to see uh, what Georgia has him listed as now. They got him listed at 265 now. Oof. So, I mean, he's not that, he, he's, cl- he's getting close to being a tackle. He's getting <laughs> mighty close to being a tackle. Yeah, you're right. And that, and quite frankly, if he's an athletic tackle, that's a more lucrative position in the NFL. If I'm an if I'm an agent, you know, getting in his ear or his parents, I'm like, 
gain the 30 pounds and play left tackle so you can get you know a 30 million dollar per year contract on your second on your second contract and that, or whatever that is not so. unheard of in fact i'm pretty sure the vikings right tackle uh brian o'neill was a tight end that converted his last year in college to tackle and they loved his athleticism and you know the vikings want to do that you know they want athletic offensive linemen that can move for their run game and he's worked out great i mean he's probably one of our best offensive linemen but yeah it's 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 that's a great that's a great observation that you guys made on him and i'm glad you brought that up because boy i I didn't even think about that until you, you mentioned. I was like, "Oh, yikes! That could be, that could be trouble uh, for those of us that want him at tight end." So I asked if you had any others to talk about, and you threw three names on there. And one of them, I'll admit, I had to like, okay, I don't know who this guy is really. And Cole Turner from Nevada, yeah. 2022. All these guys are gonna be 2022 eligible. So I did some research on Cole Turner and really liked the film on this kid like really yeah. like like i was like wow um you know for those of you that, that aren't aware cole turner again he's at nevada he's played three years and his first two years nothing in fact it, it i'm guessing from games played he might have been injured i don't know i'll let you talk to that but played nine games this last season and absolutely popped 49 catches, 605 yards, nine touchdowns, nine times. I mean, and and, and just watching him, the, the notes that I took, you know, the, the, the catch radius was outstanding. It, it, that was one of the things that I noticed immediately. Really adjusts well to the ball in the air. I mean, like a wide receiver, in, in my opinion, and really good at the contested catches. I mean, he just he just had a nose for the ball, and he went up and got it and used his hands really well. So tell me more about, about Cole Turner and why you, you added him to the list. Well, it's a copycat league, right? So we had just had Darren Waller convert from wide receiver to tight end, and he's a mismatch nightmare in the NFL. Well, Cole Turner is a tweener, wide, wide receiver, tight end at Nevada. He's 6'6", 240, so he can afford to gain another 20 pounds or so but, I mean, you, you said it better than I could. Just a very productive player. There's lots of guys in that Nevada offense that we all like. Tony Horton, Carson Strong is my number three rated quarterback for the 2022 class. Elijah Cooks, Romeo, <laughs> Romeo the wide receivers, Elijah Cooks and Romeo Dubs. And then even the running backs, Toa Tawa. That, that, and C2C leagues, like that's one of these G5 teams that you can just wait and wait and wait and take all these guys and then start them every week because it's going to be one of the uh, highest scoring offenses that there, that there is in, in campus to Canton. Um, so Colt, like he has the, you want the length. So he has the length being six, six. Now he needs the, he needs to add the size. He's been productive. And he, and he, he's the one who does play wide receiver and t- just like Jaleel Billingsley, he plays well, Jaleel Billingsley plays tight end, but, but, uh, Cole, Cole Turner legitimately plays wide receiver and legitimately plays tight end at Nevada. So let's see in 2021 if he can put on, you know, Tommy Trimble came in as a, as a freshman at 220 pounds, um, but Tommy Trimble's like 6'4". Cole Turner has the frame to add another 15 pounds, and, you know, at 255, I'm like, okay, that's perfect. 
that's perfect. That's exactly what we need uh, for him to have the requisite size. But he's so athletic that you got to – I mean, I, I'd be doing a disservice, disservice if I didn't tell people to, hey, look out for this guy. For those of you on the West Coast, you know, these games starting at 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, um, this is a player that you want to watch out for in the Mountain West Conference. Yeah, yeah and this is another example of why, you know, you can wait – on tight end and find the guys you know later on in their college careers i mean like i said he did nothing his first two years he was the 35th ranked tight end in his class and now you know bam he just again pops for you know 600 yards i mean it he's a perfect example of of a of a guy three-star athlete that could end up being a really good player and people have to you know not not rely as much i think on the 24 7 rankings i mean they're they're awesome i love them but you know at the other positions like tight end you get more and more examples quarterbacks the same more and more examples of three-star guys that end up being you know some of the top guys in the class because it's just it just seems like that's harder to to predict and, and transition you know from high school to college and then college to the nfl i mean i know there's a there's an impressive list of of stud quarterbacks in the NFL right now, they were all three stars. So, you know, that I think tight end is even more so when, when we did our, our positional review last summer, we went over the, you know, the four fantasy positions and talked about the incoming freshman class. And every, everyone we talked about, you know, how many guys from the past, you know, classes ended up being names that, that people would recognize in the NFL today. And just, you know, and we started with running backs, and oh yeah, there's a few names, and we had about a 20 to 25 percent hit rate. Like, oh yeah, these guys are good fantasy producers. Some seasons were better than others, obviously. You get down to the tight ends, it was it was a joke. I mean, you could barely find. You know, you'd mention a couple guys, and like like Shaq said, he goes, yeah, well yeah, you mentioned a couple guys. They basically had a cup of coffee in the NFL, and that was it. I mean, you're, you're kind of reaching to say that they were, you know, fantasy producers to, to say the least. So I think. Cole Turner could be that example of a guy that, no, nope, not the the four or five star recruit, but watch him play. I mean, and I'm telling you guys, put on some some film of this kid. He is he's fun to watch. That was that was a great find. Uh, the next one on the list, you know, Sam Laporta, Iowa. So kind of tight end you there, probably a name that people are a little more familiar with. Tell me, what do you think of of Laporta? He's another another three star guy, you know, ranked down in the in the forties at his position. You know, why did you add him to this? What what did you want to say about him? I, I had a conversation on Twitter with Dan Shanka of Our Lads. Okay, so Dan Shanka is a former scout with the Eagles, Redskins, and Chiefs, um, and he posted something about you know. I think who who's the under the radar twenty twenty guy twenty twenty two guy that's flying under the radar, and I said Sam Laporta, yes Sam Laporta Sam Laporta was the right answer. So you got this former NFL scout and Iowa, like it doesn't t- two and two together is like all right that Sam Laporta then, and, and you know he he's a another value at the position. Um, still f- flying under the radar of the of the uh, more known names. But, man, we've seen a lot of success come out of that. I mean, from Dallas Clark to the two tight ends who are in the NFL now, and it looks like Sam Laporta is next. So 
Um, I'm going to take Dan's advice. And again, just another name that I had to had to throw out there. But this next one is my favorite. Well, you know, I like how you brought up, you know, the Iowa, you know, kind of the, the Iowa train of the NFL at tight end. And I know, you know, there's that common phrase, don't don't rate the, the jersey, rate the player. But when a college is continuously kicking out good players at the same position, you, you, you feel like if it's been the same coaching staff that's doing it, like, well, clearly they're doing something right. They, they either have an eye for the right talent or they have the coaching ability to know how to coach up these kids to turn them into good NFL prospects or both because it, it's just it's happening too consistently to, to completely ignore it. So we'll get to that last one that you want to talk about. This one I, I actually was familiar with, and I think I, I picked him up in one of my campus to Canton leagues. He was on the – you know, on the waiver wire, and you know, we have some some of these leagues they have limited waiver wires, but Isaac Rex, BYU, 2022 kid. Why are you so excited about Isaac Rex? Well, I mean, I, I, I again, I was early on staying up and watching BYU football. Isaac and Matt Bushman, the very good tight end there, went down, and you have this quote unquote true freshman. Um, in his playing in his stead who is just like bigger than everybody has better body control and just Zach Wilson's just throwing it up to this guy this freshman Isaac Rex um again I don't ha- he has the requisite size I don't have his specific dimensions uh uh in front of me but again <laughs> bigger bigger than everybody out there athletic kid but like BYU I believe he went on a, a, a missions trip so he is an older freshman I believe he's 24 years old he could have come out um uh, this year, I think it's. I think that he has to come out next year, come out as a 25-year-old freshman. But I mean, he was just. I mean, I think he led the NCAA in touchdowns for a, a tight end. He was just absolutely dominant. Is an athletic kid. Um, again, like this is a position where you're looking for value, and you you. People aren't staying up to watch these West Coast games to see, you know, Isaac Rex dominate uh, over these smaller defensive backs as a 24-year-old true freshman. So, again, just another name to to throw out there. As a matter of fact, um, again, Alan True, who came on the WB, is another name that he mentioned also, uh, Isaac Rex. So yeah. I love it, yeah. 6'6", 247 is what he's listed here on the, mm. uh, the sports reference website. And for those of you not not familiar, uh, 37 catches for 429 yards and 12 12 touchdowns. So clearly a red zone favorite. Yeah, and he and it was it was a lot of the a lot of the film showed. You know, he gets open, he makes plays. I mean, just a, a great season for Isaac Rex coming out of nowhere. So that was awesome. Again, three awesome finds. There was one more guy, and I, I got to bring this guy up because he's an incoming freshman. And it's it's Shaq's guy, I believe, and he's he's a big tight end guru, and that's Thomas Fedone. And Thomas, sorry, I gotta bring that up as I gotta find him on my list here. Going to Nebraska, and he's a four star. Coming out of where is it there? Council Bluffs, Iowa. So six five two twenty five. So he's got the frame, obviously, to put on more weight. The two twenty five thing's pretty common coming out of high school. But tell us, what do you see in Thomas Fedone? Do you like this prospect? He is the number one rated tight end, and I know I just talked about how that doesn't necessarily mean anything. But he, um, you know, you talked earlier about 
a guy that could play wide receiver transition to tight end. He looked like a wide receiver in a lot of the film that I was watching. I will admit that I have not gotten into the 2021 tight end class. Just haven't gotten there yet. Um, again, I said earlier on, you know, and I know I heard the name, but haven't looked at him yet. I'm looking at his 24-7 profile and just seeing that he turned down offers from Alabama, uh, Arkansas, Arizona State. So it looks like um, this was a, a highly sought-after player who just decided to maybe go for the playing time there at Nebraska. I don't have a take yet on Fedone. I don't have a take, but I, I have to like that, you know, at the very least he was offered by uh, Alabama, Auburn, uh, amongst others. So um, I'm going to – if Shaq says he, he's someone I need to look at, then then dang it, I'm going to take a look at him. And I'm scrolling down here. It looks like Allen is actually the one who um, scouted him and gave him a second-round projection and compared him to – Zach Ertz, so I might have to text Allen and say, "What's up with this uh, Thomas Fedone guy?" Yeah, I mean, when I was mm. when I was watching him, you know, like I said, you know, looked like a wide receiver, you know, lining up at tight end at times. A lot of times he just lined up outside. Um, athletic, you know, good hands, good speed. You know, didn't didn't see a verified forty time, but I think I, I see a lot of what I'm sure you know the the traits that the Shaq identified that he liked. So I'm glad that he he mentioned that on Twitter the other day. That's it for the for the tight end show. You know, any other you know final thoughts that, that you have before we wrap things up here? I mean, not nothing. Skip, you're just one of the most positive guys on Twitter, um, so I really appreciate you uh, bringing me on and and giving me the honor of of taking the the seat of Matt and Shaq. And I can't wait for NTI to be over so that Shaq can be, be back on the show because I love hearing you three so just thank you man i appreciate no, it it was it was awesome to have you i'm so glad this worked out and you know thanks again you know just to remind everybody you know campus to canton.com you know just started this month and and you got to check it out it's fantastic the the debbie debate show is is one of my favorite podcasts and then really it's it's a family of podcasts now because there's the campus to canton podcast as well so be sure to check that out course we are you know part of the dynasty happy hour team of podcasts with dynasty happy hour tim keller doug eddie and tyler gunfner they record every sunday night and then we got the dhh contractor hosted by randall memphis young so for shack and for matt you can find shack at dynasty tools on twitter find matt at debbie matt on twitter um, of course i'm skip at skip newton 31 um, before i finish up here really quick felix just remind everyone where they can find you one more time yeah you can find me at sharp review that's sharp with an e at the end sharp review at on twitter um or you can uh, find me in the discord at campus to canton.com the campus to canton.com discord excellent excellent thank you once again um for those out there you know wondering what's going on next for me i'm still you know course writing for nfldraftbible.com covering the the acc one of the debbie team writers i just published an article on intro to campus to canton league so really proud of that one of my first articles there but the rest of my stuff is all rookie profiles so we're just pounding away at the nfl draft so it's going to be all rookie profiles between here and the end of april and nfl draft bible of course powered by fan nation on sports illustrated we got you covered debbie dynasty nfl draft all the players and positions you could possibly want. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Thanks once again to my man, Felix Sharp. Uh, awesome job. And to the rest of you out there, have a wonderful evening, morning, and afternoon, whatever it is. Have a great weekend and be a good human. Thank you.